0: blog talk radio hey 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 what's up everybody i hope all is well with everyone how are you how is life treating you how in the mist how are you faring in the midst of all of this craziness that's going on in the world and in the media are you holding up okay how is your mind is your mind all right i'm trying to get some things some things done on the um on the, the back end as I'm talking to you guys. So if I sound like I'm trying to hold you up in any way shape or form, just know that I'm working on something in the back on the back end of things. But how is everyone doing? Be honest, talk about it. How's it going? I hope all is well. I really do with everyone because it has been a hectic news week and I have a little bit of a lot to kind of talk about because um, it's just been a lot going on. It's been a lot going on. And uh, with with especially with going back to school, that conversation has been heavy. We have had um, just dialogue across the country on that, and it has not been working in the favor of a lot of people. I see teachers are added with nurses, Nurses coming for teachers, and I'm just like, "What is going on? We are supposed to be working this thing out together. What happened to in this together? When the COVID crisis first hit, we was all in this together. Remember, it was all love, it was all unity, and then it all just fell apart. So I just want to know how are people faring, especially parents, you know myself, I'm struggling with. With uh, what to do, I still haven't got word on, um, for my daughter. I'm skeptical about putting her back in school anyway because she has uh, issues with, um, my baby has issues with febrile seizures, and when she has those things, it, it's really scary, and it's something that, uh, that scares me when a new virus is introduced into her system because you just never know you know you never know how a child's body is going to respond to something foreign and with those seizures you know i was just talking about this with my mom she could be playing one minute and then next thing you know she's down and um uh, and and so i just do not want to uh put my baby in a situation to where she's um you know her health is at risk in any way shape, or form, and so i'm i am i am really choosing to opt out um of putting her in school but i um, you know i'm i'm i know how how the the social aspect is needed and and so forth, and that stuff is important so I don't know we're trying to figure it out I'm trying to figure it out i have uh you know i have to figure it out it is what it is it has to be figured out but um let me see i'm trying to record so we'll we'll get that thing figured out with uh with the school systems and things like that but i have updates i have updates for the magazine i'm trying to get my show i'm trying to record the visual for it and I'm having quite a bit of a hard time doing that. So uh, you know how it is when you're trying to do everything. It just seems like you have it all together. And then soon as you hit that space, that good spot to get to going, it's like it all falls apart. And it's like time. Time, wait on me. Can you wait on me, Time. So I do have some updates, but I want to make sure that I'm recording the video before I start with the updates. Um, Let me check and see if anyone is in the chat room. Are you out there? Are you out there? Oh, nobody's in the chat room. No one's in the chat room. So it's all good. I I see uh, I have one viewer, so hello. I hope all is well with you. But like I said, I have updates, but I want to start recording before I go into that. So let me see if I can get that going. I know you all are like, you're supposed to be talking to us, not recording, (laughs) not doing a video, but uh, I do that too, as I had mentioned before. And uh, let's see, am I, let's see, let's see, screen recording, you guys, I'm talking my way through this, wrong screen, right? All right, I don't want too much dead air. I'm sorry, guys. Just want to talk to my computer as it's going. But I'm coming with the updates. If you just give me one second to figure this thing out. Okay, I got it all figured out. I think I'm going. I think I'm rolling. I think I'm rolling. I think I'm rolling. Okay, so the updates. I'm sorry about that. Now I can have a seat. Um, with the updates. With the updates. So with One Purpose Magazine updates, we are hiring. Uh, hopefully, college students for our next issue. I have. Um, I have a request and a description in my newsletter. So if you want to subscribe to the newsletter, I think I'll send that out a few times before the 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 protégés is what I call them. I actually need it. Um, you can go to my website, www.onepurposemagazine.com, and that will give you the job description for the protégés. Protégés. I can't even speak. <laughs> and um, which is my the intern. So that'll give you the do- job description and the um, form to fill out. To apply for it. And I'm really interested in working with um, freshmen, sophomore uh, students in college, and it will be mostly like an online experience. We will have Zoom meetings and things like that. So go ahead and subscribe to the newsletter and you will be able to get that information. Or if you don't want to subscribe to the newsletter, you can visit us on Facebook at One Purpose, MAG, M A G magazine is abbreviated, and you'll see a social post of the newsletter, and it'll be included in that. So I'm looking forward to bringing students on board uh, so I can give them what I know <laughs> if they need it, because there's a lot of great young people out there. And also, I'm sorry, I need to take a drink of water. I have a survey currently that is live on the internet. I have an ad campaign going on with it for Facebook because I'm interested in knowing um, what does Black people want from the media. I know a lot of people are starting their organizations. I follow a lot of the great media and the the young media organizations that's in Chicago from the young ones, to the vets in the game. I listen to them all. I have respect for everyone who's doing their thing. I will never come at a black organization for doing something um, for the community and media because I think it's all relevant, it's all needed, and there's an audience for it. But I'm interested in knowing what do the people want. I don't want to put myself in a position to where I'm telling you what I think you should know without you having an appetite for it. And I do a lot of criticizing. I know I do. I know me better than anybody knows me, but uh, I am excited about finding out what it is the people want. One of the advantages that a lot of people who are outside of the Black community have in determining things for us is market research, data research, and information that's collected um, from various forms so that the method works. Having the data and the information, even if it's qualitative data, it works. It helps move things forward. It helps get us funding for things when we are looking to expand. Um, if you can come with the information and in the, the data for the most part, you can usually get things done. And so that is part of my thinking in this. Um, Not just for myself, I have plans going forward to try to get some funding for younger media organizations that want to be established and want to get started for podcasts, shows and things like that so they can get the cameras that they need, they can get the equipment that they need. And so I have a long-term vision, but it starts with uh, doing some research. And uh, that's important. You know, we all can get on our phones and say something, but we want our information to really be impactful in our communities and help build and establish our communities and the information that we withhold for ourselves to be better people to be better individuals all of that good stuff so um uh if you can if you find it on social media if you go to subscribe to the newsletter if you go to the website fill out the survey it is not uh a lot of it's it's just asking what you think. It's just one question. It is a short answer question. And so I'm collecting qualitative data just to kind of get a idea of how people are thinking about what they want, because we criticize the media a lot and rightfully so, but, um, on, on the contrary, what is it that we desire? So I, I believe that, um, criticism is good, but I also believe that we have to find solutions when we do put ourselves in that critical space. Okay? Sounds good. All right. Perfect. Next. Next topic on the list is self-love. And I messed around and left self-love blank. Last week, I, t- I talked about letting go, right? That is... um something that is very important, very important. And I was talking about from the person, from the perspective of the person that has to let go in order to allow people to grow. It's a difficult thing to do, but let's say you're on the other end of the stick and you're the person who someone realizes that they have to let go of. We have to accept that. We have to love ourselves enough for Rejection. We have to love ourselves enough to know that rejection often works in our favor. See, sometimes we want to put ourselves in the position to fight the good fight for what we think is right. But when a person decides to let go, move back, fall back, take time, do whatever it is that they need to do. We have to stop looking at it as, as rejection and look at it as an opportunity, an opportunity to have compassion, understanding, and loving ourselves enough to say it's okay if so if they don't want me in their space right now. It's okay if they need their space. It's okay. It's all good because in the end, you're gonna get what you deserve and what's yours anyway, right? So you have to love yourself enough to accept rejection, and that's a hard thing to do. That is a hard thing to do. Very difficult, especially when, like, let's say you have a vision for something and you're thinking of it one way in your head, and then someone comes to you. See, this is it's, relationships are deep. That's why they are so valuable and that's why I just do not understand why people take them so lightly because it, it takes a lot of understanding and a little bit of maturity to understand when a person has to to be in a situation when someone is 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 looking at you and looking at the things that you're going through and realizing that you know you're trying to go somewhere and you're trying to become something that they're not ready to become, and they're not ready to uh, engage in, not that they don't want to, they're just not there yet. It takes maturity on both ends, first for that person to be able to let go, and then for you to be able to say, you know, I understand. It's, it's, It's a complicated thing, and the bottom line is that people have to grow. People do, and and sometimes you can do that with someone. Sometimes it's complicated. You know, relationships are complicated, and I, I see a lot of complaining about what people want out of, want they want relationships. But I just don't understand. If I just don't think that a lot of people have that level of maturity to really be able to endure and go through because people be spazzing out On social media, like they spaz out if somebody don't want them, like, or if, and it it may not even be that deep, you know, somebody just may be going through a period of time that's not going to last long, but they have to go through it. And people be just like, they have to mature, they have to grow, they have to, and people will go on social media, like shaming all women or all men or everybody because they were rejected. In their head. And it's just like, calm down. <laughs> can I grow? Can I take a minute? Can I fall back for a second? You know, this ain't a marriage. This ain't a marriage. It's a it's a, it's a relationship, meaning that it's evolving. It can evolve. But, you know, people don't give you the space to do that because they're they quick to go at your neck about some stuff. It's like, relax. Relax, people. Just relax. And so with that being said and the ability to relax, I'm going to move on to my culture topic. I, don't, I now this I feel like uh I need to set aside a whole show for this, okay? Last week we talked a little bit about uh T I Tip Tip Harris. Uh I don't know what's his name. Clifford. <laughs> Cliff Tip Harris. I'm sorry, I'm tripping, but to ya to wrap but to um so he put out his uh letter to his response and his statement to Lloyd's of London, uh the insurance giant, and we covered that last week, and I put out a a package a media package covering it, and I believe I checked in to see if there was any follow up to his statement that he had put out from Lloyd's, Lloyd's, of, uh, Lloyds of London, and I saw nothing. I haven't seen anything from him. So I guess that is just still standing. I don't know, but I'm interested in follow-up. So when, it, when there's some follow-up, I will be happy to share it. I um, took time to go through Ice Cube's Contract to Black America, which is another uh, rapper who's addressing reparations for Black America. And his was very well laid out, 27 pages of information and um, bullet points and stuff that he said on Roland Martin's Unfiltered show that he thought he he had to scale it down to be a little bit more digestible but I think it was easy to digest. Um, I thought it was very well done. I have the pages right in front of me. (laughs) And so I am going to try to, in the next, uh, like, I guess, five minutes, I am going to try to scale through this really quick um, to point out, bring forward some of the things I think are important. And just to kind of break down what the whole point of it is. So um, this contract with Black America strikes at the heart of racism and presents a blueprint to achieve racial economic justice. So, um, and I'm reading verbatim from the contract. This is not my information. I highlighted it and I'm reading it from the contract for um, informational purposes. But it says whether we're in a pandemic or not, the immoral devaluation of black lives has been ingrained in America's political economy and is long overdue for a reckoning. And it says authentic agency is grounded in resources and America's unjust racial wealth gap is rooted in a history that has privileged white people with financial advantages to buy crucial additional and intergenerational advantages for themselves and their children. Government policy And literal government giveaways provided them with the finance, education, land and infrastructure to accumulate and pass down wealth from one generation to the next. In contrast, black people were largely excluded. And when they were able to accumulate land and enterprise, it was subject to seizure by government complicit theft, fraud and terror. Um, That's verbatim from the contract. And so there's a little bit, there's a few other things that I want to, that I highlighted that I want to um, point out, okay? To reverse decades of generations of discrimination, we need a bold overhaul of our laws and economy. And so the contract addresses racial equality. It says that this contract with Black America will provide conceptual approaches in several areas addressing Black opportunity and representation, Black lending and finance reform, judicial and public policy reform, expansion of the 13th Amendment rights, police reform, reform in Hollywood, and an approach to our Confederate past. It will then present more in-depth proposals showing how these guiding principles can be put into action, first through a plan for Neo Reconstruction followed by the America's Job Pact, AJP, a plan that addresses jobs and education. So this is good stuff. I mean, I was all into it when I was reading it, but the two main points that I want to um point out today is the cause there's so many points. They they're bullet points for each one that he listed in the the, the, the guiding um the the guidelines for this, the guiding principles, but black opportunity and representation and police reform. So those are the two bullet points that I'm going to try to squeeze in today. So it says for the case for nine reconstruction, neo-reconstruction is an aggressive initiative meant to redress past wrongs systemically imposed on black Americans economically throughout many generations, wrongs that have a severe negative impact on African Americans, both economically and educationally. Uh, so affirmative action for all secondary schools. He wants to commission. He, want a commission with, he wants to establish a commission that will immediately um, be formed and empower, empowered to quickly put the plan in action. Separately, a plan will also be devised to make Native Americans whole within the same timeline, black Americans will be compensated for the value of work contributed by their ancestors while Native Americans will get back the true value of land and prom or land promised to them in various treaties. And also he said that black Americans um, to be eligible, they must provide documentation providing their descent from at least one enslaved person. And so everyone was saying, so how would they do that? How would they prove that they have a uh, descent from an enslaved person? And I believe, and I think it's been thrown out there, but I do believe that the government should provide genealogy tests to African-Americans to um, see where they de- descend. And um, I know that's a controversial thing, but I think that that needs to be figured out, laid out. It's so much intelligence out there that I think we can figure that piece out. And I think that that should be funded by the government. What y'all think? So, affirmative action, like I said, to all secondary schools. Local funding for schools will be determined by an equal per student fund for all students throughout the state, mandatory civil rights and anti racism classes in all elementary schools. Um, Black scholars will write the textbooks and curriculum adopted for these classes, Um, institute the Black History 365 curriculum, Black representation on all government civil rights investigative bodies, reform gerrymandering. I lost my video. Reform gerrymandering, um, which is um, districts cannot be designed to minimize the impact of the Black vote. So that's very important, especially now. Let me see if I can. So that is very important, especially with this election. More polling sites in minority and black neighborhoods, so that the number of um, polling stations provide equal access to black voters as they do in white and other communities. Juneteenth become a federal holiday, and equal health care facilities in all neighborhoods, regardless of demographics. So he's laying out. That's just the first portion of his um, that's the black opportunity and representation for the case of Neo reconstruction. And, and within this uh, document, like I said, there's other guiding principles, but since police reforms is one that is a, a, a huge topic and there's so many points that he points that he bring up in this uh, bullet point for, or this guideline for police reform, um, he brings up qualified immunity, mandatory malpractice insurance to be carried by police officers like lawyers and doctors do, municipalities liable for officers' un- unconstitutional actions, federal laws regarding police misconduct to change standards from willingness to recklessness, police unions can be held liable and sued, mandatory dashboard and body cams, elimination of no-knock warrants, Mandatory name tags and affiliation requirements, chokehold, illegal nationwide, whistleblower protection expanded, tampering with evidence, uh, result is automatic dismissal from force, uh, criminal and intentional withhold of um, evidence by police, prostitu- police prosecutors, um, a federal de- database open to public scrutiny containing all complaints, both internal and public uh, once fired, cannot be rehired. Creation of Office of Independent Prosecutors. I mean, it is a long list of things that we can really pull from. Budget reallocation, um, and what has been done referred to as defunding the police, 20% of 2020 budgets, then going forward, adjusting, adjusted to inflation to be dedicated to improving conditions in lower class and Black neighborhoods community policing, non-armed personnel set up to handle most cases, residency requirement, 90% of police must live in 25 miles of the jurisdiction they work in, Um, domestic abuse, create domestic abuse services, de-escalation training, I I do believe that's implemented in some areas, and so I'm running a lot, I'm running short on time, this is something that we can really dive into. But those, I just wanted to bring that forward to say that this is a really detailed um, plan. And I really do think that as we're moving forward and we're thinking about reinvesting in our communities, we're thinking about coming up with our own plans. One good way to get on the cord is to look at the people that's working behind some of this work and, and see if there are people that you can support. Um, we need to gather in our communities and our churches and go over some of these things so that we can establish an accord. And I really think that in order for change to begin to happen, if we're on the same accord, see we will be broken out in these different um, areas because the country is huge. But I think if, that, if we can get some of the same ideas into play and we can get on the same accord and unity and an agreement, I think that we can start to put things in action it's great to be angry and it's great to bring attention through protests and to do things that, um, really put the message out there. But I do think that it is also very, very important for us to start planning things, to get things in alignment, to start getting laws changed and amendments happening and policy change, policies changed and looked at and viewed and, um, begin to actually do our work because that's what's required. That is what is going to get us out of this mess that we're in and doing the work requires actually doing work. So we have to read through these things. We have to talk about them. We have to bring them into the light. Um, Ice Cube was on Roland Martin unfiltered. You can go to his YouTube page and check that out. I don't want to run out of time here. Uh, My time is very, very, um, Let's see, I got one minute left. I was gonna talk about low grade, um, well, Michelle Obama for my main topic. Michelle Obama had put out a, and I just made, I'm gonna keep recording. Even once I'm off, I'm going to record this for um, the YouTube. 90 seconds left, I get it, lady. So uh, if you don't catch this on here, which I'll probably get caught off, cut off, check it out on my YouTube. But I wanted to real quick, talk about Michelle Obama coming out about her low-level depression that she's been experiencing because of all of the the I mean with the pandemic and with all of the racial unjust and all of the lies and manipulation coming from our leadership in this country it can kind of put you in a place of despair and hopelessness which I understand so I wanted to break down what or not break down to just bring to the forefront what um low-level depression is, so that we're aware of it. So according to Harvard, Harvard Health, which is a part of Harvard Medical School, um, feeling down, it could be, if you're feeling down, it can be low-level depression. And what that is, is, is like mood, like color, has a range of hues, from the bright shades of happiness to the dark ones of depression. And this is straight from Harvard. This isn't something that I wrote. I had to go to a resource to pull the information because this isn't my my area of knowledge, you know. But it says a mood problem that's down in the dark range does, doesn't quite reach the level of pressure. Excuse my countdown. Like I said, if you if you're missing this, it will air on my um YouTube page on Thursday, Thursday night at eight is when I put these recordings out. So a mood problem that's down in the dark range, but doesn't quite reach the level of depression is dysthymia. Am I saying that right? This Dysthymia. I think it's dysthymia. <laughs> it refers to a long-term drone of low-grade depression that lasts for at least two years in adults, or one year in children and teens. While not necessarily as crippling as major depression, its persistent hold can keep you from feeling good and interfere with your work, school, family, and social life. Think of dysthymia dysthymia, as a dim gray compared to depression's blackness. You might feel dysthymia If you feel depressed during most of the day, you carry out your daily responsibilities, but without much zest for life. The depressed mood lingers for more than two months at a time and is accompanied by at least um, two of these symptoms. So the symptoms can be overeating or loss of appetite, insomnia or sleeping too much, tiredness or lack of energy, low self-esteem trouble concentrating on making decisions, feelings of hopelessness. Um, Low-grade depression lasts an average of five years. That's another way it differs from major depression, in which relatively short episodes can be separated by considerable spans of time. It's possible for an episode of major depression to occur on top of this thymia, and this is known as double depression. It often begins early in life during childhood, um, the teen years, or early adulthood. Let me see. So, this information is out of Harvard Medical School. Um, In fact, uh, and it says, in fact, up to 75% of people who are diagnosed with dysthymia will have an episode of major depression within five years. This low grade depression doesn't usually fade away all-by-itself treatment, though helps with dysthymia and all other de- depressive disorders um, in about four out of five people. And they, they're they saying if you talk to your doctor, he or she may recommend that you see a mental health professional, of course, and um, talk therapy combined with antidepressant depressant medication and can help. And, of course, you can talk to someone, a specialist, about those things, there are telehealth, telehealth, telehealth. Telehealth is really um, effective with um, mental health issues. There are organizations that are out there that will help you, I'm sorry, that will help you um, kind of go through these moments of feeling dis- and feelings of despair and hope- hopelessness where you don't have to necessarily go into the office. Well, you don't necessarily have to leave your home, so that's not a concern. And uh, I just, I found an, I'm gonna look it up because I have found um, something on, on uh, social, on Facebook where it was for Black mental health. I'm gonna see if I can find it really, really quick. And if I find it. I'm going to call it out for you. Ah, no. Okay. So it's a page called Black Therapist Rock. And that's a website, blacktherapistrock.com. And they have a load of information. They have workshops and ways that you can engage. They have training sessions. Um, and I think that it's a good start. It's a good start. They have people having conversations about some of the issues, so that you can feel like you're not alone in what you're thinking. Um, they have a lot of conversations around racism, since we are going through this time of change. We we you know we just have to have dialogue about these things. They have a panel of black clini- uh, clinicians discussing mental health issues. So I think that it's good to tune in to stuff like this and people and organizations that's putting out information. Um, They have like, they post things from holistic psychologists. Like there's different ways that you can get help. And I just thought it was a great find. So if you are going through, just know that you are not alone. You know, people go through, we go through, we experience life together. Um, Reach out reach out, talk to someone, and, um, yeah, connect. There's a way that we can be social, but we don't have to be alone. Um, there's a way that we can be social, even though we're social distancing. We don't have to be alone. So with that being said, I am going to end it right here. That was a lot. That was a mouthful. But if you have not um if you have not looked at Ice Cube's contract with Black America, go to his you can Google it. Ice Cube's contract with Black America. It comes up right away. Read it if you are a part of an organization that's working on these issues. Bring your team together, talk about some of these issues, even if it's just one of them. Um he has a lot. I personally want to pull some people together to talk about um to talk about some of the he has one that's focusing on Hollywood and in Chicago. You know, we have our issue. We have the mayor that's working on reinvesting in the city and some of the things that's discussed in his plan are going forward and are being discussed currently. And I, I want black people in Chicago to broaden our perspective when it comes to reparations and things that we deserve as our, um, our piece of the American pie for our ancestors who put in so much work to build this America as we know it, right? Right. So one thing that he brought up was uh, entertainment in Hollywood and how that's addressed. I really want us in Chicago, if no one is working on this, to look at that plan, to look at what he laid out. And maybe I'll do this for the next show and just think about how we can be afforded some of these uh, warehouses that have been, um, you know, they're not here anymore. They're not being used anymore. I occupy, occupy space in an unused warehouse. How can we, as black people, take advantage of that? How can we turn these into production studios? if you're going to be here in Chicago and you're going to be making movies that that um, black people are a fan of, black people are, people are writers of, and things like that? How can we occupy some of this space to have our own t- studios here in Chicago? How can we get that done? There's plenty of space. there's plenty of warehouses, house space that can be utilized for that. So how can we tap into that? How can some of the production tax that um, the city get from fil- filming here in the city, how can that be filtered into Black communities? We have to start thinking about those things. We have to start thinking outside of the box. I know we have needs that need to be met now, but we have to start putting plans in place to to talk about what's next, Right. So with that being said, like I said, it's a mouthful. It's so much to talk about. I've been out of time, but I'm going to put this on my YouTube show. Um, but until next time, goodbye. I love you. It ain't Like my pastor said, I love you. There ain't nothing you can do about it. I love my people. I love black people, and I just want to see us be great. We will be great. We don't have any other choice. It's part of who we are. It's in our lineage. We have to be great. So continue on with your best self, being your best self, loving on yourself. And until next week, I will holler at you.